through our many engagements daily. We support airmen in emergency financial distress, we help their families achieve their educational goals, and we improve quality of life through proactive community programs. This is Airmen Helping Airmen, a podcast brought to you by the Air Force Aid Society and our generous donors who support airmen and their families. Each episode, we will strive to bring a smile, spark an idea, or perhaps even having you shed a tear. We will share airmen and their family stories in their voices and show you how the Airmen Helping Airmen philosophy still drives our mission today. But why is that important? Because none of it's possible without you. February is the month that we celebrate Black history, and we here at the Air Force Aid Society wanted to observe it in a new way with our Airmen Helping Airmen podcast. In this episode, you'll hear from just a few African-American airmen who made a large impact on the lives of many. Let's start with one of those airmen we all know, United States Air Force retired Lieutenant General John D. Hopper Jr. Black history means to me sort of a stream of conscious events that surround the Black experience here in the United States of America. Now, Now, I'm old enough that it takes me back a bit when I think about Black history, to Negro History Week, uh, when I was a kid in elementary school, we studied about a Black pioneer in, uh, in Black history, African-American history. We would bring in uh, exhibits for Dr. Drew and, and people like that. Uh, but the other part that's, that strikes me now, some 60 plus years later, and the celebration of Black history is what it represents to me represents the cycle uh, of how Black Americans have, have progressed and, and sometimes failed to progress uh, across the landscape of American history. Inevitably uh, intertwined, uh, supportive and subtracting of each other. And, and frankly, after you get to be a certain age, you, you feel like you've, you've lived a lot of it. I can remember where I was at those times that Dr. King gave a particular speech where they learned about the bombings in Birmingham. And I can remember where I was when I learned that then Senator Barack Obama had been nominated to be president of the United States. So it's a continuum of events. And, and frankly, as I consider that whole spectrum, uh, I'm filled with both optimism and pessimism. The pessimism is the repetitive nature of of what you see when you examine the history of African-Americans in America and how that that cyclical sort of almost a sine wave of gains and then setbacks and gains and setbacks seems to repeat itself. Thinking about how old I am, I thought we would be farther along, but I'm optimistic that we can keep that trajectory uh, going upward. Uh, But Black history has always been, I think, had a place uh, in response to the fact that the history of African-Americans in America uh, never quite made it into the history books. That part, frankly, has to be fixed to make the fact that we celebrate a separate month now for African-American history or Native American history, uh, Hispanic American uh, history. Uh, This is the American story. And the American story includes more than just uh, the majority. So until that happens, and I mean, this is an ongoing 
battle to make the American picture inclusive. I, I never started at the Air Force Aid Society with a goal of being the longest serving CEO. And as far as being the first African-American CEO, um, that was going to happen sometime. And so as in many things in my life, I was the guy in the right place at the right time to be selected uh, to do that. And so I, I'm, I am personally proud of, of being the longest serving uh, CEO today. And uh, I, I, uh, I treasure that within the context of, I hope, uh, almost 15 years of helping airmen and uh, with the uh, distinguished uh, all gentlemen so far uh, that had preceded me uh, as the uh, CEO or executive director. Those who inspire me in the context of Black History Month it is too narrow um, to talk about it perhaps within the context of American history gives it the right scope. There are certainly those uh, in leadership positions that, that I found inspiring then and, and now. Before uh, going to the Air Force, um, I grew up in a small town in Tennessee and um, I always try to give credit to the, um, to the folks in that town. And um, uh, they may have been in leadership positions because of, of course in a small Southern town, there, there is probably no one more in a leadership position or at least looked to as leadership than the pastor or pastors at the various black churches. And certainly the teachers in the community as well, they were inspiring. Uh, they would often tell us the stories about what it took for them to get to and stay in college and graduate. And, and they were stories that were both daunting and inspiring. Stories about making a meal from getting a cup of hot water and sneaking extra ketchup bottles to make tomato soup to sustain them. The rest of the story was they were givers. They gave us their time, staying with us after school with sports, after sports, weekend field trips for biology exploration of the local creeks and gullies. It was, uh, it was altogether perhaps the most nurturing experience you can imagine. So let me move on to my adult life. I think about names, General Colin Powell, President Obama, both uh, not only great leaders, but great givers as well, interested in growing and shaping the next generation of leaders, because that's where the glide path, that's where the trajectory is established for our country. Former Chief of Staff Ron Fogel, this officer will be at the top of my list. Not just all African-Americans I admire. And again, this idea of growing the next generation of leaders, of uh, offering leadership opportunities, and the personal example were inspiring to me. Back again to the Air Force Academy and, and that cadre of African-American cadets. At the time that I was there in my class, there were six of us African-Americans that graduated. We brought the total number of African-American graduates at the Air Force Academy to 15. And before us, there was a freshman, five sophomores, there was one junior African-American and no seniors. They distinguished themselves tremendously by simply their ability to persevere. It was impressive to watch. So I put in that group Chuck Bush, affectionately known as BG1, Black graduate number one, 
uh, Fletcher Flash Wiley, who went on to be a Harvard Law graduate, an impressive figure in the, in the Boston community. And my classmates, Major General Rich Spooner, Jim Love, who for years worked in the Department of Defense and was known as a champion and the expert on equal opportunity within the department. Ken Stevenson, now a pastor himself, and then we've lost. Uh, former Assistant Secretary of the Air Force, uh, Ruby DeMesme, a pioneer herself, uh, Ken Little and, and Walter Howell. Uh, but again, offering opportunity to everybody that demonstrated the capability and the desire to move America forward. Al Flowers, of course, makes that list. Bless his heart. I often seek his counsel to this day, and his story is an amazing story because he's an amazing man. Our next airman is one for the history books. United States Air Force retired Major General Alfred K. Flowers. When I think of Black History Month, I think about the struggles of the past. I think about the shoulders that we stand on uh, as we progress through the years today and the challenges of today. You know, the struggles of the past aren't as, as numerous, but there are lots of challenges still left in this world of ours. Yeah, blacks have struggled since the 1600s. I think uh, historians say uh, 1619, I just said 1600s. And the challenge continues in 2021. Um, diversity, equity, and inclusion still require work and touching of hearts and minds. And until we do that, uh, touch the hearts and minds from a perspective of not race relations, but human relations. We don't have a race relations problem. We got a human relations problem. And we got to, folks have got to treat each other like human beings, respect each other. And, uh, you know, equity, inclusion, and diversity are um, key pillars of the way ahead. I think, uh, I think history is good for serving a purpose, the purpose of events that happened in the past. Uh, we, uh, I believe that we focus too much on the past and don't think about what's in front of us, which is the future. And we can get it wrapped around the axle with the past and, and miss the present and the future. And all of our lives, we'll be looking for something that takes us to the past. As we go forward, the personal connections will still be there, but I think there will be less uh, tying those to the future and the attempt to go forward. I believe that uh, sometimes we get too focused on what's happening to us and don't realize what's happening in us. And that's what's very important. You know, we can't control racists. We can't control white supremacists. We can't control black people that uh, have uh, unbiased uh, uh, racism or white. But what we can control is what's happening in us. And that's what's important. So we need to focus less on what's happening to us, focus on what's happening in us as we watch the George Floyds and all at uh, Marbury and Mabry and all those that's been killed, murdered in the streets of this country. Uh, but that's, that it irritates us, makes us all angry, but we've got to control what's happening in us. And that's the only way that we'll get our arms around this thing. 
being great role models for young people, being great mentors, and then coaching and mentoring and expressing the importance of education. I think education is at the core of it. You gotta stay in the game with education. I just did a uh, op-ed for Texas A&M University and they, uh, the title of what they wanted me to talk about was uh, the American dream. The first question was, uh, where did you get service instilled in you and what led you to continue on? And my answer was three things, home, church, and school, and the community. Those are the places, you know, being brought up in rural North Carolina in some bad, bad years where segregation was rampant and uh, we did, I didn't know what an integrated school looked like. But I knew that uh, I was serving in the community. I was serving in church, serving in school, and you know, when it came time to join the military, service was already a way of life for me. So it wasn't a shock to come into the military and serve the country. That was the ultimate service that I had not accomplished and been a part of. Kind of took it from there, man. And the Air Force Board of, Board of Trustees meant to me, it, it helped me to better understand the needs of airmen and working in an organization, serving in an organization whose motto was airmen helping airmen. And uh, I, I didn't know that there was so much need. I knew that there was some, but I didn't know nearly what was out there. You know, we got airmen that need rent money. We got airmen that can't pay their car payments. We got airmen that can't buy gas. Air Force Aid Society helped all of those. And one of the great things that General Hopper did during his tour, his tenure as a CEO, we used to make grants. Uh, I mean, not grants, make loans to airmen that needed help. And then we said, well, look, how much sense does this make? If the airman is already in a jam financially, how are they going to pay back a loan? So why don't we just figure out how much we can grant we can give them and try to get them some education, some financial counseling and, and mentoring to get them on the right path and not worry about them paying us back. So to, to serve in an organization that has that kind of character and caring about airmen, uh, it was just, it was exhilarating. It's amazing. And I did it, I was on the board for 10 years and I, I'd do it all again if, uh, if they needed me to. An African-American in history of leadership that inspired me in my lifetime was uh, General Colin Powell. When I was a major at the Armed Forces Staff College, General Powell came down to speak to us, and there were only a handful of black folks in that class, maybe 20 of us, if that many, out of almost 400. And his message, his presence, the way he carried himself as an outstanding general. He was a two-star at the time, I think. And I just looked at him and I said, you know, there is a person that I want to follow because I'm inspired by him, not knowing at that time that he'd someday be chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff, National Security Advisor, and uh, <laughs> yeah, Secretary of State, person in current history today that inspires me the most is uh, 
Secretary of Defense, General Lord Austin. General Austin and I lived about two houses apart at McDill Air Force Base. He was in CENTCOM and I was in SOCOM. And then we uh, served together in the Pentagon a couple of times. And I got to tell you, uh, when I heard that he had been nominated by President Biden, my heart filled with joy, man, because I knew that the time had come and the time was now for somebody like Lloyd Austin. Uh, he's an amazing man. Uh, I think he's probably spent more time in Iraq and Afghanistan than any one soldier, sailor, airman, or marine in this country. But uh, very humble and a no-joke leader. He'll get it done. What I, what I would say to my past self as I separated after 46 years in the military is uh, I'd ask myself the question, did you do all that you could do? Did you lead and mentor those that you could and those that you wanted to that didn't want to be? Uh, did, you, did you leave things every place you went better than you found them? And uh, when, I, when I ask myself those questions, uh, I get a resounding yes. But there's still plenty to do. That's why I got involved with the uh, I'm currently serving on six nonprofit boards. Uh, <laughs> after getting off Air Force Aid Society, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm endeavors and I stepped down from the chairmanship last month to the, and then they reelected me as a vice chairman, and then I rolled back into the chairmanship again in two years. Uh, Airman Heritage Foundation, Arnold Air Society. Um, oh gosh. Uh, and uh, ecumenical center on two of their boards, the operational and the uh, and the memberships. So uh, I'm involved in a lot of things, and that's who I am. Service is what I do, and uh, I am most uncomfortable when I'm not involved in something that's helping others. And it inspires me to want to do more and more, but you can only do so much. To airmen, guardian, um, and whomever would listen will listen. Uh, my advice would be do your best every day at everything you attempt. If it isn't worth your best, then why are you engaged in it? You ought to be engaged in something else. Uh, we talked about this one already, respect. Respect all. You know, um, there's there's somebody on the street, a hobo, that uh, you can learn something from. You need to respect them as in human beings, not as regarding their way of life. And some of them have chosen to be that way. Some have mental issues that uh, make them that way, but we still ought to respect them. And then the, the third thing that I would give advice to airmen, guardians, uh, and I, I'm very, very, very passionate about this one is do not compromise your integrity. That's all that you have. And we all know what it is. So we, we have to be true to it. And when you get to the point where you're having to compromise it, then you need to, you need to step back and reassess. It's, it's American history. You know, black history is a part of American history. Air Force history is a part of American history because we're 
we're Americans. And we were Americans before we, we, were, we were born Americans and Black. And we came into the service as Blacks, and but it's still American history. So I, I, I think we got to take it in a broader context. You know, you got to take what we have, build on it, but take it to the broader context of who we communicate to today and how we impact their lives and they impact our lives. Our next airman takes education to the heart. United States Air Force retired Major General Mark A. Brown. So when you say black history, what comes to mind to me is two words that are synonymous. Black history, American history, the fabric of our nation. Uh, To me, those things are synonymous uh, because while we might uh, pick a particular month to look at it, but when you write American history, uh, if you write it uh, and it's historically sound, uh, you will be writing the history of African-Americans. You will be writing the history, Black history. I am Major General Retired Mark Anthony Brown current member of the Air Force Aid Society board. And in my uh, other life, uh, I'm appointed by the Secretary of uh, Education to be the uh, Chief Operating Officer uh, for the Department of Education, the Office of Federal Student Aid. Serving on the Air Force Aid Society board is my attempt to give back to something that gave so much to me. You know, the United States Air Force provides for us a opportunity to pull ourselves up by our bootstraps and through hard work, go as far as our talents will take us. And that differs for every person. The on-ramp and the off-ramp differs for every person, but the opportunity is there. If you have not ever done it, and I know that you have done it, but for those who have not, I would offer to you, if you want to know why you ought to be um, supportive or a part of the Air Force Aid Society, then I offer you to go to Lackland Air Force Base on any Friday morning around 9 a.m., 0900, military time, uh, and watch the most diverse group of folks from all kind of levels of affluence come together as one, as a team, and produce airmen. And uh, if you can sit through that and not get it, then I'm surprised because uh, you will want to be a part of that. You would want to be a supporter of that. And, and that's why I'm part of the, the board with the Air Force Aid Society. Black History Month what comes to mind. The human soul has to be inspired. You know, we can, we can challenge the intellect. We can train the hand. We can practice to be very good at things, but I think there's a special place in the human soul for inspiration. And one way to inspire the human spirit is to show the art of the possible. And Black History Month is a chance to show the art of the possible. You know, many, many years ago, I was at a base that's no longer here. It's Plattsburgh Air Force Base in upstate New York. Uh, And the base commander would look around, uh, I think, and find someone of color and say, you're going to be the project officer for Black History Month, which was a required uh, thing back then. And so even at that grade, I was the project officer for Black History Month. And somehow we found uh, this officer to come speak at our luncheon. And I had never met this officer, but I had heard that this guy, he's a rising star and he's everything any officer ought to want to be. And uh, I'd never met him. Uh, but I went ahead uh, under the advice of some more senior people to me and wrote the uh, letter of request and had the wing commander sign. 
And lo and behold, he accepted. I can remember, I never met him. Remember, this was pre-Google, so I couldn't just go Google him up, right, and, and find out what he looked like. I remember standing in the door of the officer's club when he arrived. Uh, he arrived, and he was immaculate in his uniform. Uh, he he kind of got respect just by a visual. Uh, he was not yet a brigadier general. He was a colonel. But in those days, that's almost as guy as you get because we didn't have very many very minimal generals of color, but he was a wing commander and, and, and a man of prestige on the way up. Uh, his name was uh, Fig Newton. And uh, when Fig Newton came in the room and he spoke that day uh, about being a pilot in Vietnam and wondering if his fight was in the air or back home because of what was going on with the race riots, but how he made the, the determined decision to fight for his country uh, even though he knew that he was loving his country in many cases before his country loved him. First Lieutenant Brown was inspired. <laughs> and the inspiration helps the soul go on. Uh, Black History Month helps inspire countless people. And, and some of the names we talked about, you know, General Chappie James, uh, those kinds of folks, when you think about it. Major General Al Flowers, right, has inspired me just by watching him and hearing him. Lieutenant General Hopper was the uh, vice commander of Air Education and Training Command, made me want that job, right? Think about this. Major General Flowers was the commander of Second Air Force before I was, made me want that job. People move toward inspiration more than anything else. Uh, and Black History Month, is our opportunity to inspire and educate uh, so many folks who want to be a part of society that need to see those images that will uh, inspire the soul. I, I, I believe it is meaningful and I believe it's important. What would I say to my teenage self and what would I say to those at a similar level and age today? You know, when I end all of my little notes and letters that I send people, uh, I, I put four words there. And I would find a way to talk to them about these four words, and that's stay in the fight. Uh, and, and I say stay in the fight probably way too much. People probably are tired of hearing me say stay in the fight. But my point about that is uh, uh, it may not be an easy road every day, right? There are going to be some things. I, I talked about inspiration here. There are going to be some days you don't feel inspired. Uh, there's going to be some days it's better, you're going to feel like it's better to, to just throw, throw the towel in. Uh, and, and that's when I would tell you uh, there's something on the other end here that you need to stand and fight for. Right? There's reasons you don't quit. This is worth the fight. And in any fight, I don't need to tell you this, that in, in any large war, you might lose a skirmish or two. Right? You, may, you may not make it past that particular battle of the day in terms of what you would call victory, but as long as you live to fight tomorrow, you're still in the fight. And so what I, what I would tell them is stay in the fight, no matter what. You can tell me how bad the day was. I, I, it may, I might agree with you, but at the end of it, I'm going to tell you to stay in the fight. If you're in, if you're in the Air Force and you just had a disastrous thing in your personal life uh, and you have to get some assistance uh, to make it over, don't quit. Don't drop out because of that. Get the assistance, stay in the fight. There's something better on the other end for you.
it's, it's that that I think is a enduring principle uh, for all of us. I would tell that to myself uh, as, a, as a young man, and I would tell it to those in a safe place today. So what I would say to all, all airmen and guardians for whom the Air Force Aid Society exists to help is stay in the fight. No matter how it's going on a day-to-day basis, no matter what disaster you may be in, it may not look pretty today. Uh, we will help when we can, and if we can, stay in the fight. Our next airman has continued his service by pioneering programs for airmen wounded in their service to our country. United States Air Force retired Chief Master Sergeant Dennis Fritz. When I think of Black History Month, African American Month, you know, I, I think about the sacrifices. This is me every February each year. I literally think about Rosa Parks. I literally think about Muhammad Ali. I literally think about Martin Luther King. I literally think about John Lewis. I really think about the sacrifices of these folks, the courage that it took. Let's talk about Martin Luther King and John Lewis. The sacrifice they made that they could change the United States of America to include, let's be quite frank, the world. Because when we talk about Black History Month, not only do the United States recognize this every year, but Canada, they recognize it on the same month as we do. Uh, the UK, Ireland, the Netherlands, they celebrate it, I think, in, during the month of October. So when I think about Martin, uh, Black History Month and Martin Luther King and John Lewis, Jackie Robinson, you know, I can't forget Jackie Robinson. You know, when, when I think about this uh, February that's coming up in Black History Month, I think about those individuals that made the sacrifice for us and the courage that it took to put literally put their lives on the line in the case of Martin Luther King and John Lewis. When I think about Jackie Robinson, you know, he didn't necessarily put his life on the line. He probably indirectly, but the environment that he had to get through as being the first black in the National Baseball League. I think about Rosa Parks, the courage that it took for her to say, hey, I'm not getting up to my team. So that's what I think about. You ready for this? I think about the accomplishment of those individuals, what they did on behalf of us. And we need to recognize that because of the fact not too many people could have done that. So when we talk about Black History Month, I think about those pioneers that did it for us. And I think about how we must continually Celebrate that accomplishment because not only did they change, as I said earlier, the United States of America, but they changed the world. And, and those that followed them, followed me, we need to continue those stories and recognizing those accomplishments so folks can know what we've done as a people and as a race. I'd like to mention something else too. Let's bring it up even further when I think about Black History Month. I also think about our current chief of staff. General C.Q. Brown, what am I thinking? That took courage. I think about our former chief master in the Air Force, Kay Wright, when he loudly says, I could have been George Ford. I think about those types of things that we as a race had to go through, and we need to remind ourselves and everybody else of that. I've heard people say, why do we have Black History Month? 
I've heard people say, why do we recognize Hispanics? Crossover into two different months, half of one month and half of another month. I say we have those right now because they're not in our history books for everybody. And we must continue to recognize the accomplishments of the different races. Now, how is that going to change? I've known plenty of qualified black general officers that didn't become the chief of staff of the Air Force. So we must celebrate right now because we just now having the first. It took many a year. One of my mentors, former now deceased chief master of the Air Force, Tom Barnes, he was the first and for a long time only black chief master on the Air Force. That's why we have to have this history. And so for the time being, these are these are times where until we get past the first, you know, it should have happened a long time ago. But until we get past the first, you know, we must celebrate these first. And, uh, you know, our time to do that happened to be President Ford did in 1976. Hey, we need to honor and celebrate these folks so we can know, hey, great accomplishments because they've been first. And so we must continue that until, like I said, it becomes normal. You know, Chief Tom Barnes, the first black chief master on the Air Force, like I said, was a mentor of mine. You know, one of the things he used to say, you know, he didn't take it as a badge of honor that he was the first black chief master on the Air Force. He would say, yes, I am the qualified chief master of the Air Force who happens to be black. I never forgot that. Being a part of the Air Force Aid Society has helped me continue my life of giving. You know, as I give you a, a history of, of myself, uh, I was blessed to be a senior enlisted advisor slash command chief for the last 10 years of my Air Force career. And that was about, I gave my heart and soul in trying to better the lives of our airmen, whether it be their quality of life or whether it was how they were treated and how they were taken care of. You know, I used to share with commanders and first sergeants and chiefs it is our obligation and duty to take care of the men and women that were sent to us by their parents. Because of the fact, one day they may have to give their life in defense of our country and our constitution. And so always gave and watched out for the welfare of the men and women that came under my leadership. To carry over to that, my life of giving, supporting. When I retired from the Air Force, I had an opportunity to help the, the Air Force start what's called the Cover Coordination Program. That was taking care of our war wounded as they were coming back to the Recovery Coordination Program. And that was the Air Force's program mandated by Congress to take care of our folks returning from war, wounded, ill, and injured. That was my way of giving to take care of those that didn't have to give the ultimate sacrifice, but almost did. And I felt an obligation we must take care of them to help them transition back either into their duty or back into civilian life. Then all of a sudden, I got offered the opportunity to be able to give again in retirement. The Air Force Aid Society has helped me continue with my giving back the Air Force that gave so much to 
to me. And so I get the opportunity to continue to support and aid our airmen in need. And now with the creation of the Space Force, I get the opportunity to help in the future our guardians. And this is important to me because whether you're an airman or a guardian, you may be asked one day to give your life in defense of our country and our constitution. And I think that we should do everything that we can to come to you in time of need and aid. And that's where I see the Air Force Aid Society being a great benefit for our airmen and our guardians. And I am so happy to be a part of this. And that's what it means to me to be a trustee of the Air Force Aid Society. I inspire individuals by leading from the heart. Throughout my life, I've led to the heart. I inspire by, I use this term of bragging about you because I want you to feel good about yourself. And I'm going to do everything I can as a leader, motivating you by letting you know how proud I am of you. And I'm going to brag to you, to everybody that I know, so that you will know how great you are. You know, I've been asked the question of who has inspired me. I mentioned earlier about a mentor of mine being Chief Master on the Air Force, now Tom Barnes. And he became a mentor of mine because of the fact I joined the Air Force with the intentions of only staying four years. And during my first tour at Webb Air Force Base, Texas, I had an opportunity to meet then Chief Master on the Air Force, Tom Barnes. And I didn't know what the Chief Master on the Air Force was. And my commander said, hey, listen, we're going to have the Chief Master on the Air Force to visit our squadron, and we want you there as part of the greeting party. And when I met him, I was so in awe. And this is why it's also important to have these type of heritage clubs because of the fact of what one individual can do to impact your life. When I saw him and when I met him, I wanted to stay in the Air Force and become a chief. I never said chief master on the Air Force, but a chief. Now, let's come back full circle. I ended up becoming the PACAF Senior Enlist Advisor. And when I arrived at Hickam Air Force Base, Hawaii, I met with all the senior leaders. And I had a group of African-American chiefs to approach me and say, why is it that, that Chief Master in the Air Force, Tom Barnes, makes the circuit and visits installations like all the other former Chief Master of the Air Force? And they thought it was due to racism. And I said, that was a good question. I don't know. So I called Chief Master of the Air Force Barnes and said, Chief, I don't know if you remember me or not. You met thousands and thousands of airmen. But I was that one black airman at Webb Air Force Base Texas that you met that was part of the greeting party. Now, I don't know if he was being truthful or not, but Chief Barnes said, there's some things you never forget. And I never will forget that sharp, young, skinny, black airman that was at the door to meet me. I said, well, Chief, I was that young airman. And we laughed. And I said, Chief, I need you to do me a favor. Word on the street is that you don't get invited to visit the bases and become uh, be a best guest speaker like all the other former chief master on the Air Force. 
And he said, well, Dennis, that's not true. He said, I do get invited, but I have an obligation. I raise cattle and horses. And I can't get out like the chief master sergeants of the Air Force because I don't have anyone to back me up in taking care of my ranch. And I said, well, chief, I need you. I need you to come out to Pacquiao. We need to take a trip and around all the bases in Pacquiao during the month of February, Black History Month. And he said, Dennis, I'll do that for you. I'll do that for our airmen. And from that, we became friends. He traveled throughout the Pacific Air Force arena. And he became my mentor. And we stayed friends out that no matter where I went, I invited him out to speak so that he could inspire, to let other Afro-Americans know that you can make it. You can be the chief master of the Air Force one day. One other quick story, Dad, and I want to share with you also how things come full circle. We were at Kadena Air Base, Japan, and Chief Barnes would get asked this question all the time. Uh, do you think there'll be another Chief Master of the Air Force? Before he got asked that question, somebody asked me, hey, do you think you'll be the next black Chief Master of the Air Force? I said no, because that only happens with luck and timing. And so when Chief Barnes answered that question, he said, Yes, I do. There'll be another chief master on the Air Force. And I know an individual who that could possibly be. And he may disagree with me because he may say it takes luck and timing. But I know he has what it takes to be the next chief master on the Air Force. And he happened to be black. And so that night at Kadena Air Base, as we were sitting in his room, I said, Chief, I think you were talking about me. And he said, yes, Dennis, I was talking about you. Whether you believe it or not, your name is being spread throughout the Air Force, and you will have an opportunity to compete to be the next Chief Master of the Air Force. And the thing I say to you, you need to be ready and start preparing yourself now. Now, believe it or not, through his mentorship and guidance and inspiring me, I did become a father. I didn't get the job. But another part and piece of this story, as we were headed in that conversation at Kadena Air Base, Japan, little did I know that God bless and may he rest in peace to Tom Barnes. But little did we know that it was a young, and I you probably see I'm getting a little emotional here, but it was a young black gentleman there at the Dina Air Base by the name of Kay Wright that neither one of us knew, but we were having that conversation about the next black chief master on the Air Force, and little do we know that young man was assigned at the Dina Air Base, Japan. So going back, one of the greatest mentors and fires that I had was Chief Master Sergeant of the Air Force, Tom Barnes, the first black chief master of the Air Force. He inspired me, he motivated me, and he told me to be ready because at any opportunity that arises, you, as a young black American, you must be ready to take on that next accomplishment. What I would say to my teenage self is what I would tell the current airmen, guardians, that is to be ready, to be ready for that knock on the door, giving you that chance 
of another opportunity, that opportunity for another accomplishment. Most importantly, stay humble. If you want to find out more information on the Air Force Aid Society, go to www.afas.org to see how you can help. Also, be sure to subscribe to the Airmen Helping Airmen podcast on all streaming platforms. And if you'd like to donate, head over to that red button that says donate and click on it and follow all the prompts. And remember, without you, none of this is possible. Until next time.